Another well, week, another gaming trend podcast. David, I like the golf claps. There you go. Unfortunately, Noah can't be here this week. He's sick. He's sick of his audio issues that he's having. Yep. Dear Lord, it is rough for him. Yep. So, Jack, you're here Hi. again. Yeah, once again, you can't get rid of me. Thank you for filling in the third chair. We don't want to get rid of you, Jack. So glad you were here last second to join us. That deserves the victory. Yes, I know. The The only time you get praise in life is when you're on this podcast, if you That's don't true. know already. So I'm trying to get you to be on the podcast. Okay. My... All right. Well, keep playing victory noises and having applause. Just all, Every time I talk, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. So uh, it's taken the internet by storm. Everyone's talking about it. Even the BBC wants to talk about it. It's Power World. Pokemon with guns. Uh, I've played very little of it, but what I've played, uh, I didn't like it so far um now i was playing on xbox which apparently is the worst version um ah, what i should have done before i prepped for this podcast was uh upload the audio of power power world that i heard um i actually still could i do have it but um i mean it is bad like like how i'm an audio snob but i can put up with some you know decent audio this is like the entire game sounds like you're underwater and with static with it like very like kind of white noise along with it like from the title screen some of those yeah yeah if you're playing on xbox i don't know if everybody's dealing with that issue but i am and i couldn't take it so uh there's a part of me that kind of wants to buy it on pc just to see that version because Apparently, that one is the one that a lot of people are having some good times with. David, uh, you played a little bit of it, right? Yes. Yeah, I did. Uh, just, very, again, like you, very minor amount of time with it. Um, I, I've i never been like into the survival kind of whole idea, but messing around with it for a second, I totally understand why it's blowing up just in the sake really? of, well, this you get the same kind of people on Minecraft that spend hours upon hours upon hours in the world. And you have a ton of people who love playing Pokemon style games. You combine both of those and give people guns. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's hitting all the notes of games that are long, have longevity. (laughs) I feel like the guns have been overplayed. I heard there's not really a lot of them. And which I don't think that's necessarily the real reason. No, but they certainly wow. highlighted that for shock factor. Yeah, I, I remember watching the initial trailer for this thing like years ago, and it was the funniest thing ever because you don't you didn't expect it, right? <laughs> They're showing this like Pokemon stuff. Obviously, it's like well, we'll talk about it, I guess, but obviously it's like a ripoff of Pokemon. Yeah, and then they like pull out guns and start yeah, using like, like Pokemon <laughs> as like cover for the bullets, and like he's soaking and up the Pokemon all the get guns, and then and, and then it's they like... toss away the Pokemon and use them for like slave labor. It's like the most <laughs> This like craziest shock value thing ever, and it didn't look like a real game at all. It looked like it was this. This was just to make people laugh or something. Yeah. And now it's like th- two or three years later, and I guess it's out. And it's like 
yep. selling a bajillion copies. It's kind of like a nightmare you can't wake up from. Yeah, I, <laughs> remember, I remember them uh, showing it off at Summer Game Fest, and I'm sitting there, I was like, okay, this is cute. This is obviously a rip-off. Oh my gosh, there's a gun. <laughs> like, like the, that's how it was watching that trailer. <laughs> yeah, apparently it sold seven million in five days. I think. Uh, so. I think they're up to eight million in six. Oh my gosh! So the, I mean, that's uh, more just, than a million just a went day. To Nine million now. Up oh, now, yep. it's ten million. Right now, at this moment, uh, there are 1,150,491 people playing it on Steam right as of this moment. Yeah, it's it's been insane. Amount. Crazy enough, it has a 92.6% uh, positive rate in the reviews. For on Metacritic? Or, uh, or on uh, on Steam. Oh, 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 okay. So, yeah, I think it's mostly positive on Steam. Um you can look that up, David. But I For think reference our favorite game, Redfall, has twenty six people in game. Oh, there you it's go. catching up. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Every player counts. Um yeah, I think it beat out Counter Strike for most pl- uh players Which concurrently. It's not playing. easy to do. <laughs> no. It's held that forever. Um yep. And we're talking about Counter Strike, you know. Yep, it's sitting above it right now. Like I'm looking at it, the most played right now. Power World is up top. Uh, Counter Strike has under five hundred thousand, and Counter Strike peaked under a million, whereas the 24 hour peak for Power World was almost two million. It actually yes. has broken two million, which is just insane. So it's clearly riding the the wave, but yep. I mean, for it to think about that. The number two game played ever is Power World. <laughs> yep. Only behind PUBG, which just hit at the perfect time. And yeah. Got Three million. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's going to beat that. But uh, I, I will. I won't put anything. I won't put anything out just because we're not even at the weekend and they've got had almost. Oh, they broke two million. What I you never know. What, what I want to know is what were the numbers for Fortnite at its height. You know, we didn't have that yeah. because it wasn't on Steam. Yeah, because it was epic, right? But Fortnite, I mean, reached people who don't even play video games, right? So uh, I'm curious to know, just in comparison, just to see how big Power World is, because I still feel like Power World is still segmented within video games. Like, it's big yeah. for video games, but it hasn't reached outside of that. If we get a uh, Ariana Grande pal, <laughs> then we're starting to yeah. understand, okay, this is reaching out beyond yeah i don't us. think that'll happen <laughs> especially uh, if she's gonna get shot at with guns so well admittedly Nicki minaj is getting shot at in call of duty so or or any of them get enslaved that that also yeah. would not fly with their press people um so is this a fad do you think power World has staying power jack i kind of I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to sell a bajillion ridiculous amount of copies and there's going to be people who are into it, but I it's, I don't really see it being like one of those, you know, it's not going to be like real Pokemon. It's not going to be one of those things where people are talking about it years from now and doing all this stuff. I think this will be a popular game this year and then, you know, it'll be kind of like the Fall Guys game or stuff like that where it's popular for a while and it's still modestly like people still play it, but I don't think it's going to be like 
a cultural phenomenon where you have celebrities and stuff and like everyone's talking yeah. about pal world right i mean it's yeah i don't it's, think it'd be it's, that it's a little too goofy for that i think <laughs> but it's but it's definitely going to be unusually big and i think it's going to be something people will be talking about this year for sure i think it'll actually maintain a decent amount of people i don't think it's going to maintain its current run by any means but i think it'll stay stronger than we think it will especially if the roadmap that they have put out like if they keep supporting the game that's that's really the key to it do you keep supporting like people keep going back to minecraft even when they're not being humongous updates but they're still there are updates uh so with pal world if they keep updating the game keep putting new pals and keep doing these different things like pv pvp is supposed to be coming at some point uh all these different things i think a new island uh, i believe there's even which I, it might be just an Xbox thing and there's have it on PC. I, I don't remember, but there might be, I don't remember if it's 32 players on steam or not. Like there are, yeah, on, you could play with 32 okay. people already on steam. Xbox yeah, does not have it's, that. It's Xbox only up to four. four. Yeah. So, I mean, you get some of those bigger features, especially console wise. Uh, this thing, this thing can have a decent life and a decent player base. It just isn't going to be the, you know, 1 million every night kind of people playing it, but it it can, it can definitely carve out its own niche because people like it. People like what they're doing. And you know, it, again, it's, it's doing something that is similar while at the same time is combining a lot of things people like. Yeah. I wonder if the, if, you know, a lot of people have their uh, disdain for Pokemon right now, but I, I wonder if Nintendo announces the next set of Pokemon, like, what's the reaction going to be? Is, are the, you know, if Nintendo pulls off the, the hype and all that stuff right, like, is it going to pull the same numbers or is it going to dip? Because something like Power World has finally been the thing that starts to eat into its lunch instead of Pokemon kind of killing itself. Nintendo fans will buy things anyway all the time. Uh, they'll complain about it and then go buy it half the time. But you're going to have... It, you, you, the biggest thing you're going to have is there's going to be that if the next Pokemon does not hit the same level, so to speak, let's just put it that way, of what Power World at least is conceived to be at this point, because it's not necessarily what it is. Because uh, it's the, the biggest thing is Power World is not a Pokemon game. It has Pokemon elements. Yeah. It's not a Pokemon. It's, it's a, a survival, survival game. game first. I, I didn't know that going into it. I thought it was yeah. an adventure game with Pokemon and, you know, open yeah. world kind of thing, quests and all that. I load into it and the immediate thing I'm doing is having to craft and find things. I'm like, oh, yeah. frick, this is a survival game. I did not yeah. realize that. Um, so... Uh, maybe that fact didn't help me. I'm not like big into survival anyway. Yeah, I'll play them. Either. Yeah, I'll play them. I'll always give it a chance. I, I, you know, it's not like RTS where it's just like so far out of reach for me. But, but it's just it's just the the perception because it obviously has that prettier look that you. It's when you look at it, it's kind of the the look of it is what you imagine a next-gen Pokemon game should look like, and you can play it with your friends. That's where it's those features that Pokemon fans have wanted, not necessarily the game specifically that they have wanted, it's the feature sets they've wanted, 
that are in this game that is very that has a lot to it that is Pokemon oriented, and that's what they're seeing. So that the, the comparisons are going to be more what sits there where they've got to look at what they're doing and be like, hey, you know, do we want to change the formula up a little bit? Because I mean, I, I know Jack was part of our review team. They they didn't really hit the mark in the last Pokemon game. In yeah. I mean, it's it's complicated because I think the next Pokemon is kind of risky for them anyway, because when they do the next gen, it's going to be on the, the Switch 2 or whatever. So it's not going to have the same install base as like the regular Switches. So it's not they're going to be like automatically 10 billion copies for that next one. But I mean, it's the way I see Power World, it's kind of like, you know, how there's Minecraft and then they had like a bunch of like similar but not quite the same games like Terraria. That's that was a really popular one. It's still popular, I think. And this is kind of like that, where Terraria isn't Minecraft, but they're similar and they kind of do different things. And so I don't think it's going to like eat Pokemon's lunch necessarily. I think Pokemon, you know, it, it fills a void though. Like David was saying, is yeah. it? It looks visually yeah. like what you'd want from Pokemon, and it doesn't run at like sub ten frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so it, it's. Because, you know, I just played that Pokemon DLC for the DLC for the Pokemon like a month ago. And somehow it's like in worse shape than the main game is. And it's just it's not. You know, they got to get their act together. And I think, though, it's not necessarily about taking things away from Pokemon so much as it is like. It's creating almost like an opportunity for more people to be successful where they can temporarily capitalize on this and then whatever they do with the next Pokemon is still going to sell a billion, but it's going to lead people dissatisfied in other ways. And so someone else can capitalize on that. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like that's something that Nintendo almost kind of lets happen these days. Like same thing for Zelda, you know, they're doing the breath of the wild tears of the kingdom kind of style games. And they're not doing like a normal type of Zelda game anymore. And I think that's like an opportunity for someone to be like, be like we're going to do a 3d Zelda game and it'll probably do well because people want that. And it's not the same as a breath of the wild. Um, which that is something so I, that is funny about Power World is there's also some Breath of the Wildish elements to it. Oh, it's it's like everything. I look at that; it's like a total mishmash of everything that's popular in the past five years. But well, that's um, been one of the criticisms about Power World is that it seems to rip off of a lot of different things and doesn't have its own identity. Yeah, and it's so it's, much so that a lot of people think that the pals are just straight up mostly copies of Pokemon. Which, well, I remember in the first trailer, there's like a trainer who looks exactly like a, a trainer from the Pokemon, like the recent Pokemon games of that time, like two or three years ago, except they like changed the color of her skin. It's like, that's not a different character. It's just, you just, <laughs> you just yeah. changed the color of the skin. <laughs> yeah, a lot of I mean, people it's, have It's pretty been, blatant. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, you look at the, the little, uh, the character, the pal the, that has the, the minigun most of the time. And it just looks like Electabuzz, like, you know, some version of that. And there's so many pals I look at and I'm like, well, that looks like that Pokemon. Like the references are immediate. I don't feel like when I look at the pals, I'm looking at something exclusively from Power World. I feel like I'm looking at something that's been ripped off can, from Pokemon. You, um, you can copy me, but don't make it obvious. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like but the reference is. Yeah. <laughs> really close (laughs) i feel like they have to be in the legal ease of we have changed it just enough to like because you got to feel like nintendo would have shut this down a long time ago if they had an actual leg to stand on 
and they, they released that they do. mod for it like yeah. yesterday, and they immediately shut that down. So that tells me they're not working at seriously taking down Power World. They're, they would yeah. they would if they could, but they're not gonna. Yeah, it, it's it's the again like like you have that music the the cover of a music song and they change specific notes yeah yeah so that so that it's they get away with it because it's not the exact composition yep and the that's what it is, version is this, just uses synths and is in a d- different yep. octave yep this is that's what's happening in pal world it's um, just enough has changed to be like this isn't the same creature the not legal jukebox. i'm at karaoke yeah, yeah the legal idea of it being just enough <laughs> yeah i mean it's kind of interesting Heck, they probably went to their lawyers like hey what do we need to change <laughs> well i guess as a you know i'm not nothing i say constitutes legal advice so i gotta clarify that but <laughs> um jack is the a way lawyer I in case it, you didn't know um the way i see it is it's kind of gets more interesting the more money they make the more ridiculous their sales get because at that point you kind of wonder if like maybe they'd shoot out a lawsuit anyway and try to get some kind of settlement money out of them. Cause they know, cause oh. that's, that's how a lot of this stuff works. Right. Most cases don't actually go to trial. Right. That's yeah. like so ridiculously expensive to do, but sometimes you can get like out of court settlements and just be like, get a, give everyone a little money and then we're all good and just move on from there. You, and so I kind of wonder that... if, I kind of wonder if it gets where they're making so much money where Nintendo's like, well, we want a little cut of that, but <laughs> Well, you got to think that the people at Power World knew what they were doing, so they know legally where they stand in terms of whether uh, how to keep from having to do something like that. At least that well, would be I, my idea. I guess I should have done more research, but I don't know a whole lot about this company. Like these are just like small a small team, they're, right? They're ten developers. Yeah. So I, I guess I don't know how legally they've made they one are, other game. But... <laughs> um, one other game that is still in early access called Craftopia. It has not come out of early access. And That's their Minecraft trip off. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Um, and from what I've heard, uh, there are a lot of ripoff elements in Craftopia. So um, their plan, uh, uh, Pocket Pair is the developer. Their plan is to release uh, Power World out of early access next year. Hmm. They haven't even finished Craftopia out of early access. I d- I don't know if let's all be honest. Craftopia is dead. <laughs> like, sure, Pal, Pal World is is the focus at is, this is, point. Craftopia is dead. That's fair. <laughs> you, yeah, you you well, you don't have something sell like this but, and okay. be like, oh, let's go back to our old game, which has been in early access for four years. But at some point, it was their focus, and they never took it out of early access. Well, the whole early access thing is kind of weird too, right? Like. How much incentive do most developers really have to take things out of early access? You know, it's because it's kind of yeah. like a shield. Like technically, the it game's is. not done, so you can't like criticize it in certain ways, right? There are, actually <laughs> more, ga- there are more games I right. wish would put an early access tag. <laughs> well, so many like I mean, so many AAA games are basically early access. Well, but. <laughs> one game specific, one game specifically that would have gotten rid of so much hate if they would have put early access on it: No Man's Sky. Yeah. They would have well, gotten yeah, away with I, so it, much more. It didn't help that he like blatantly said things were going to be in the game that weren't for like years. Well, like, and they are yeah. now. Yeah. But again, you put early yeah. access on that and people. Heck, Fortnite probably would have kept early access on their thing for forever, if not for the fact of, I guess, they just finally released what they considered early access. And even yeah. then, it's like they had been 
a full fledged game for a very yeah, long time. They were time. taking all kinds of money. It's, uh, I think <laughs> yeah. it was still like the first three seasons. It was early oh, access. At least. Yep. Which, for reference, Craftopia has 346 people playing it right now. It's more than oh, Redfall. Yeah. Yep. We'll get them next that time. Is, Red, oh, Red and, then another, another 4, 000, <laughs> and then another 4,000 people have jumped into Power World since we have <laughs> talked. So, yeah, yeah Craftopia is dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they are just, on to Power World. <laughs> it was just an observation I saw uh, yeah. on Steam that they had this other game. I didn't even know they did have another game. And it was still in early access. So yep. I, I, don't know I guess when... the other question would be, you know, is is what is Microsoft's contract with this? Because it is on Game Pass. Obviously, we don't see the ramifications of how it's doing. It's apparently doing fantastic on Game Pass, which I would imagine. So that's a huge extra. That's that's another extra boon, because the only numbers that we've we're talk, we've been talking about have been the, the Steam numbers. Yeah, the Steam numbers. That's yep. pretty crazy, um, then. It's selling so much when it's on Game Pass. Yeah. Well, and it's on PC Game Pass, too. So it's not just what the heck? Xbox. <laughs> yeah. So it's like these numbers are probably, I mean, guess guess another 200,000 at least. Uh, from I'd probably put another million somewhere. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's. So, I that's mean, at least if, on PC. Yeah, there's what at least uh, what fifteen million Game Pass subscribers yeah. or something like that. Maybe more. Yeah. Maybe in the twenty and, and millions. Word of mouth, but, and we all know word of mouth, especially if oh, yeah. you have Game Pass, you immediately go, "Hey, I gotta go to." I did that <laughs> as soon as I knew it was on Game Pass. Oh, I'm gonna go download that. Well, now that uh, you know, PlayStation has seen Power World's success. You know, they're they're Power. trying to get they they want Power World <laughs> oh, on yeah. PlayStation. Shuhei, now. Yoshi, Shuhei Yoshida is already like doing working his magic. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see if his magic works because uh, you know I just wonder if Microsoft will let them. You know, in terms of hey, we'll we'll give you we'll give you a whole lot more money I to keep this on is, Game Pass. The question would be is how much how busy are they with some other different things that they're having to deal with to. To deal with all well, of this other stuff, I, I agree. You should throw the bag at them on this, but like, well, I guess part of it too is how much is it benefiting them? Like, yeah. we just, you know, it's selling a bajillion units somehow outside of Game Pass. So is it like, is it somehow is Game Pass somehow not a draw to get pow- people into Power World? Or like, what's the deal with that? Because it just seems so well, strange that people are outright buying it. Well, it's Steam. There's people who don't have Xboxes who are just buying it on PC. Yeah, there are a lot of Steam users right, out but there. I guess I just, I don't know. It just seems like such an overwhelmingly large number like yeah. that people wouldn't, I don't know. It just seems strange to me that people wouldn't just yeah. buy a $10 well, sub for this something like this, especially. Well, but <laughs> some, It is inferior some also. People, they, some people, they're just like, well, let's just buy it. It's 30 bucks. Well, that and it... Mouse and keyboard. A lot of people just want to use mouse and keyboard. They don't want to use uh, a controller. Now, obviously, Xbox can support mouse and keyboard, but that doesn't mean Power World is set up that way for Xbox yet. I don't know. It's a different iteration of Power World at this point. I guess the other thing you'd look at is I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these theme sales are in the Asian territories and there aren't a lot of Xboxes there. So yeah. no, that's a good point. There, yeah, there are probably a ton of people that have. Oh yeah, is this out in China? Yep, believe okay. so. Well, that, that might be like six million right there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and again, it's lot. They had the launch, and it was only twenty seven dollars. 
So, I mean, that's easy. It's easy to make that purchase and just be like, oh, I'm just going to buy this. <laughs> well, it's, that's a whole, and this is a separate conversation, but I've been feeling lately when I look at stuff, isn't, aren't like indie games and all that stuff like really expensive these days? Like we have, we have later on the dock of it, we're talking about Xbox Arcade. I mean, games are so much more expensive now. <laughs> like 27 is not easy for me, but <laughs> those, those budgets, man, the, yeah, games are just are so much more now. expensive. I, I've, yeah. been, you know, I think it was last year, or the year before, I was seeing discussion from indie developers about the struggle of indie development at this point and the rising costs of game development, uh, even for indies, which is why the prices keep going up. But people still want their ten dollars indie game, but now they're thirty five dollars. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, licensing is more expensive. Obviously, you know, Unity's doing all kinds of crazy crap. So, you know, like that kind of stuff impacts the developers and they have to adjust their pricing for those things. Uh, you know, uh, your crywares and your Havoc and, you know, all the physics and all that stuff. It's just all more expensive. All the things. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, Power World doing its thing. Uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on this. This is... Not going away anytime Maybe soon. Power World updates. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll hit like Fortnite level of crazy, but uh, I think we'll be talking about it probably for the next two months at least. Already hitting a much higher uh, number than we would have thought, though. That's for sure. Oh, God, yeah. Never would have but expected it's, this. It's so funny to see like every time I go on Twitter, like not that I'm on it all the time, but every single time I'm on there, it's like, Power World sold another million copies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. Yeah. All right. So uh, this story happened last week and I wanted to get into it, but uh, we had to talk the Xbox Direct, which that was a fun conversation. But I still think it this story is interesting. So um, Felipe Tremblay, who is the director of subscriptions at Ubisoft, was interviewed by gamesindustry.biz. And the topic of the future of subscriptions came up on the heels of Ubisoft making changes to their subscription service. So that's what kind of what gamesindustry.biz was getting into. And so this is the part, this is part of what uh, Felipe Tremblay said. I hope I'm saying his name right. I, I believe that's how you say it. But he said, one of the things we saw is that gamers are used to, a little bit like DVD, having and owning their games. That's the consumer shift that needs to happen, meaning the consumer shift. We need to get them from comfortable not owning their games. Um, and I lost my spot. Um, they get back to what he was saying. They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. That's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games. So a lot of people picked up on this. And they were furious at the idea that Ubisoft is just so blatantly suggesting um, owning games is the problem and we need to be comfortable not owning them. So when I was looking at it, though, I got the sense that that's not exactly what he was trying to say. And I wonder if it's like he's French and he doesn't like know how to say what he actually wants to say in English. I don't know. But I feel like he was making the distinction between digital ownership and physical ownership. And I think that because you don't own your physical games either, you know, well, technically you don't own your physical games. 
all they have to do is cut the license and you can't play the game anymore. So it doesn't matter that you own the disc. Um, David, well, what do you think? On what's, it depends on what's on the disc. Sure. If you actually put your game on the disc, you can still play it offline. But I, I agree with you. It's I get the feeling he's not saying you need to get comfortable not owning a game. <laughs> no, he's he's just trying to say, look, you know, there's subscriptions are a thing. And it took a while for people to be willing to, you know, pay 10 bucks a month to listen to their music. Took a while for people to get used to paying, you know, for subscription services to watch television, to watch their movies and TV shows and stuff. There's a point that we'll have to get to where people will be comfortable with, okay, this is how I'm ingesting my video games. Yeah, that's because we're still at that point. Yeah, we're still at that point. And I mean, I guess it's different, like, because now ownership is kind of coming back to a degree because you got vinyl becoming a thing again <laughs> which i think yeah, is that feels fantastic. like collection I love vinyl you know, yeah yeah so sure. maybe video games will find a way to do that but i i doubt it because you know vinyls you, you can listen to you can actually listen to your music off of a vinyl and it doesn't it's just a couple minutes compared to obviously hours of video games you're not going to be able to ingest it the same way um but it's not but, like music physical yeah. you know cds and all that has completely gone away yet yeah. you know we're not we're not at that place i can i can go yeah. obviously we saw the story about best buy like getting rid of video games and, and yeah well CDs you and i and went stuff. in at best buy and like it was pretty sad the whole section <laughs> yeah it was it was very um, small um but it's just that point like i think it's we're finally getting to the threshold where that's a possibility because we have never been at this point and then COVID happened. And then all kinds of people started, that was the easy way to do things, was to digitally purchase their games. People got used to that. And now we're seeing, we're at that threshold moment of, okay, this is, we're kind of in that stepping stone of it becoming, if anything, uh, digital numbers that we've looked at and seen are extremely high, uh, higher than they've ever been when it comes to pre-order. Like, I, I worked at GameStop for quite a few years. I remember doing the, black ops to midnight release and selling over 600 copies in a random town that was on the outside of bigger town like yeah that's a ridiculous but now when i go to get when i went to the midnight release for god of war there were maybe 20 copies 20 30 copies at best they got sold for a humongous game and we know that that sold what was it like 3 million in a week or something like that? It was, it was a really big number. So you look at things like that and it's just, we're at that threshold. It's just that we're still teetering on the people are still getting that comfort level. Like I'll be honest. I always thought I would always have physical video games and now becoming a part of becoming a part of um, the media. uh, I'll be honest. I'm looking at, uh, I've been looking at uh, Infinite Wealth. I'm having a little bit of FOMO, but I'm not thinking of buying a physical copy. I'm looking at digital and how I can maneuver money to have the currency to buy a digital copy. And if I should, because there's so many other games coming out, I'm not looking at it. I'm looking at it from the ease of purchase standpoint and the ease of the collection because of all these devices I have that I can play things. I mean, if I buy it on PC, I can play it on my Steam Deck. 
like all these different things. It's just, I, I never thought I would get there. So I get why he's saying it because I, I, I reached a level where I was just comfortable as a reviewer of, okay, my stuff is digital. I'd rather get the copy, you know, for nothing. And it made it easier for me to look at, oh, well, I, if I see something, I'll wait, I'll look on sale and see if somebody has it digitally. Yeah, but the difference between games, music, TV, all that stuff, games are just so freaking big and yeah. they take up so much download, you know. Uh, big big in terms of data and also I think mm-hmm. big in terms of just time you spend playing them. It's not the mm-hmm. same as like a subscription, like Spotify where you listen to songs in like yeah. quick succession or even Netflix where you're spending an hour watching a movie or something like, you know. David wants to play infinite wealth. That's like a 70 yeah. hour commitment. <laughs> I, guess there's more, I guess there's more of a, which to what Jack is somewhat alluding, there is more of a connection there that exists in. Well, like even just of, like in terms of subscriptions, like this is, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to just gonna get into it now. So like, <laughs> do I think the director of subscriptions wants people to not be comfortable or to be comfortable not owning games and that he means that? Yes, because that's his job. And um, that's the goal of game companies for the past decade uh, is to get people to not actually own their games. So they have more control, right? You know, you can, you can go back, like remember, like even like a decade ago, PS3 days where all these companies are saying, Oh, used games are killing our businesses. You got to have online passes and all of our games. You have to like verify that you bought a new copy. I mean, all this stuff has been a long game of like, and not to say that there isn't, obviously there's benefits to digital purchases, but like, the end goal for so many of these companies has been to get rid of physical games because they lose money on that. Um, and they have an incentive to wipe out physical games. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I no, I think the, the director of subscriptions at Ubisoft absolutely wants to eradicate game ownership because that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what they're aiming I, for. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do X, agree with that. And I, I mean, Xbox you, one, Xbox one. They tried oh yeah. To, that was yes, the most yeah. blatant version of that. The, I, when you read the entire context, though, of what Felipe was saying, it just didn't feel like the idea of like, yeah, we're just trying to re-, like that particular conversation did not feel quite that. Yes, we are absolutely trying to reduce ownership in video. You know, you're right. But that, um, that's that's what, you know, he can say nice stuff all he wants. But that's sure. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there still is the point. Like, in order for any subscription service to take off, there does have to be a comfortability with digital, with um, being okay with not inserting your disc into a six-disc CD changer that hardly works anymore and you can't repair it. So um, it was kind of the same thing for me with David. I mean, I, I got used to it simply because I worked in media, you know, and literally 2012 2014 i'm doing reviews and all my all but three games i reviewed were digital and so i just kind of had to get used to it um and now almost all my games are digital i think the only physical copies i've bought recently was uh mario wonder and street fighter 6 those are the only two physical games i bought last year um and in 2022 i don't remember if I did. No, Splatoon, Splatoon 3. I did I did get that physical. So, um, but that was one. So, everything else, digital or subscription or like Gamefly, you know, like I'm not buying in that way anymore. So, 
I yeah, think the well, difference I, I, I here, think we do have a weird perspective on it too. Like, because yeah, I I was I was doing writing for like Silicon era around that same time that you were doing stuff, Anthony. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, it used to be where I was right in that transition point where yeah. most of it was physical <laughs> to the, to slowly shifting to digital. Like, I think the last thing I did for Silicon era that was still physical it was like Neo. And that was like the beginning of 2017. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so they were, Sony was still doing physical stuff up until then. But a lot of it was switching to digital, especially for those smaller companies. And now now these days, everything's digital. But Everything, um, yeah. Um, I mean, so... But yeah, that's not the normal consumer experience. Right, so, no, because I mean, physical sales are still over half of the amount of mm-hmm. sales that happen. And I mean, personally, when I buy physical, I guess it depends on the game, right? Like something like Street Fighter, I wouldn't get physical just because i know it's gonna have a million updates and it's got a bunch of different characters and so it's kind yeah, of yeah. not really mm-hmm. worth that but if it's live um, service there's not a reason to buy it physical right Let's absolutely put it out that way yep <laughs> yeah but there's there, like, i got it for 14 dollars. i couldn't pass it up <laughs> right but a lot of games though like if it's you know if i if i'm not reviewing it i'm just gonna buy it i want to get the physical just cool i have that insurance because mm-hmm. i've had a situation before where like I had like some kind of problem with my switch account. And so I lost access to my smash bros game. And so, you know, then I have to, I eventually bought a physical copy of smash bros just so I could have it. Cause it's like, this is so annoying. I just don't, and that's, you know, it's so convenient to have all this digital stuff and it's great when it works, but the one time it doesn't work, it's like, Oh my gosh, what? <laughs> I had a, I had a similar it situation. Doesn't, it doesn't I help gotta... when it doesn't help when it's Nintendo either. Cause Nintendo's online yeah. stuff is awful. Uh, and Nintendo is also one of the few companies that actually the when you buy the card, it's on the card for the yeah. most part, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, no, I got a story about Nintendo's nightmares. Uh, I got the OLED and uh, I transferred everything from my old switch to the OLED. Did that actually work I, for you? Because it didn't work for me. I had to do yeah, it, it like yeah, it I had to like, do all my manual account stuff because whatever reason I put them like right next to each other to like, do transferring. It didn't oh, wow. work. Oh, really? yeah, mine, mine, worked. mine worked wonderfully. Um, what what the problem was, I thought I made my OLED my home switch, and I guess I didn't. So by the I got Mario. No, I actually no, I'm sorry. I did get Mario Wonder digitally. I got it from Gamefly, but then <laughs> so I bought it. I was like, I need this. So uh either way, I got on a plane, ready to play Mario Wonder. I get on and it does a license check. And I'm like, what the frick? Like, why are you license checking this? Like, what is going on? Apparently, I didn't make my Switch OLED my home Switch. No. So, uh, I went that flight, you know, without being able to play any of my games on... That's tragic. Yeah, so, you know, they're that part of the problem with digital ownership. You know, stuff like that. You get those license checks, and then you're screwed for a flight. I fixed it. Everything's fine. But, you know, it's just... It was very, very annoying. I was like, yo. So, yeah, the the downfall of digital, not the downfall, but the downsides of digital, they're there. Um, But in terms of it, it's And it's complicated because it's not like physical is perfect either, right? Like, eventually those discs degrade and stop working. Like, you lose it, you break it, you could, yeah. Well, I had a thing recently, like, some 3DS games are actually, like, dying already. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like the, the Persona Q, like I, I actually tried to play that, like, was it like three or four months ago? It doesn't work anymore. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, what the heck? Um, yeah. My, my Pokemon Crystal from the Game Boy Color still works. You know, I just. Yeah. Yeah. I think like Pokemon Red still good. works. Just the, the save thing doesn't work anymore. But yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah so I, it's like 
some of the stuff will eventually degrade and not work anymore. I mean, the only really the true way to save all your games is to like pirate it really, but <laughs> it is it absolutely upload the ROM yourself. Yeah. Um, well, somebody actually said if you can't own it, are you really pirating it? If nobody can own it? It's yeah. a good question. Actually, it's a very yeah. good question to be fair. I get the, I, the hey, you know, if we go and get all legal about this, then, you know, like, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's at least a good question. Um, <laughs> we know the answer, but it's a good question. So, um, yeah, I think subscription services, um, you know, Spotify is fine. Apple Music is doing its thing. Obviously, Netflix and others struggling a little bit, but they'll find their way. They will find the Disney Plus will find its way. I think the same thing will happen with video games. You know, the it will find its way. It will have its audience and people. I think the biggest hurdle for subscriptions at this point isn't necessarily uh, getting people to feel comfortable not owning their games, but more so can the can people's internet like take it? You know, long term well, in terms I, of downloading and things I, like that. Well, I feel like part of it too is just the the focus on using subscription services as like your main business model doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Like it should be a supplementary thing where, I mean, not similar to how Nintendo does it, where like you're doing access to older old games and that's, that, that's a subscription that makes sense to me. Cause otherwise what the problem with the game pass model to me is like, you're just dumping millions of dollars into all these super huge triple A games. And then you're not making like most of the money back in a clean way. Like where you, you know, Sony releases Spider-Man 2, they sell 10 million copies, they get their money back. Microsoft releases Starfield, and do they get their money back? I mean, does the ten, do, do the Game Pass subscribers neatly translate to covering the money that you would lose in Spider-Man? Yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys are allowed to talk about this, but there's some like information, those Sony leaks recently where the, Sony tried to experiment with the Horizon putting that on their you know PlayStation Plus subscription and they estimated they lost like millions of dollars by doing that even though the game had been out for months and it's like yeah because it was a year later mm-hmm. right and it's like you know it just, it doesn't make sense to me as a primary business model it makes sense to me as a supplement to like have your backlog and category to kind of like you know be like this is something that we do on a side this is something that brings in some income if you do it as your main business model, it just seems so messed up. Cause especially when you're talking about subscription services, you're paying on a monthly fee. You know, it's just, it's just not the same as a Netflix where you're spending an hour, you know, maybe a night watching a few movies. Well, you're, th- spending, think- you're spending on like a potentially a month on one game. Is that really the same? I don't know. It seems like it just, the time commitment is so different from movies or music. Yeah, I think the time commitment is different, but I've justified, like I subscribe to Gamefly, for example. I love Gamefly, and my justification is I get to play one new game a month for less than $60 or $70 mm-hmm. at this point. Like that, and I feel good about that. Like I can I can uh, rent Infinite Wealth, and I paid $18 for the month to knock out Infinite Wealth. Um, now, whether I do or not, that's on me, but like, that's, that's the purpose, right? Like I feel good about, I pay $18 a month or whatever, and I get to play this one game for the month. And well, so let's, let's say, new. let's say you get infinite wealth, but then you don't finish it. Do you feel good about that? Uh, 
Like, let's say you, your in month's the, up, you didn't have enough time doing to doing this podcast, not <laughs> all the time, but if I wasn't doing this podcast and I was like, that that was literally like just casually just playing games and renting games from game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be fine. I would be fine with that because I know it's a long game. I'm still getting my money's worth because I didn't pay $70 for it. At that point, I've paid 30 something dollars. Okay, I'm good with that. At some point, I'm going to finish it and send it back, get a brand new game from this year. I like playing the current stuff and being in the conversation and I don't have to spend $70 a month, you know? So I imagine people with game pass kind of might justify it that way themselves as well. Yeah, I, I guess it kind of depends on the game too. Cause I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I rented games all the time when I was a kid, you know, you go to like Hollywood. Video yeah. Or Blockbuster. Blockbuster yeah. But I always hated renting RPGs or something. Cause you, you're just not going to finish them. Right. Like yeah. I'll, I'll rent like beautiful. That was different them. because you had to return it. <laughs> You right. know, like at, yeah. by a certain time. So yeah, that one that felt bad for sure. Yeah. <laughs> modern subscription services, you don't have to return it. So you know, what you you get what you want out of the the money that you're spending. But I feel like that's the difference between Netflix. Like Netflix is it is their main model, and obviously both of them have the same goal. We need to retain subs to continue to get the recurring revenue. But we also need to do things that gather new subscriptions, whether it's the thing just for the month, like a Starfield comes out and you subscribe just for that month or two months or whatever, and then you're off and then maybe something else comes out. They know like that. That's kind of the ebb and flow. Netflix wasn't uh, profitable for a long time. So um, I think that's just kind of the hit that you have to take for a little while until you figure out what is it going to take to get more people more often to stay and to sub even for a month? I think Netflix has largely figured that out. Obviously they've made some missteps because original content was more expensive than they anticipated. Well, over that's, the that's, long it's run. kind of a similar thing with the video games though, right? Yeah, like, it original is. Original content, the, you know, the Starfields and the Hellblades, those cost like a bajillion dollars. Yeah. That's kind of what you're selling the service on. That's where I feel like it's kind of a mistake to do it that way, where it should, oh, this, the service should be to supplement rather than like putting all your eggs in your one basket that way. It's where it's, it's dangerous. That's where it becomes dangerous, I think. Well, and that's why we're starting to hear things about potential games coming to other platforms. Right, because they got to make money. <laughs> Which, yeah. interestingly enough, Hi-Fi Rush got DualSense uh compatibility on well and they had a ps4 version before microsoft bought them and they said you got to cancel yeah. that now <laughs> but it's like there's actual dual sense uh controller compatibility on steam right now and we're talking like not only the icons but uh the trigger yeah, yeah. trigger stuff like the the haptics and stuff so it's like is this a prep <laughs> yeah so. the, this is the stuff that they have to figure out this these are the hits that they that they have to take uh for now until it either works or it doesn't so i mean lots of businesses take hits you know on new things the 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 advantage xbox has with game pass is that they're the only service that's doing it at this scale Um, and they're owned by microsoft so they have so much money (laughs) right so um, that's kind of their advantage in taking this kind of risk and making it their main thing. Um, oh yeah, but it'll be interesting. Um, okay. So we all, well, I think Jack, do you like multiplayer games? Sometimes. I mean, these days I mostly play fighting games, but I used to be like into Halo okay. and stuff. Okay. 
So generally, we, we like multiplayer games here. Yeah. So I'm curious to know what y'all think about this. So CD Projekt Red said that they're going for a Cyberpunk 2077 sequel, but this time they want to add multiplayer. David, you know, you you played Cyberpunk 2077, right? Not not a ton of it, but I have played okay. Cyberpunk. I've played enough of it to to have a good feel for the game. Okay. Would you want a multiplayer game in Cyberpunk 2077? I think it's got a really cool world for it, but I don't know that I'd want a like 6v6 uh, or Battle Royale style game. Like if you have something multiplayer to me, it should be something that functions more as co-op. Like I think that that utilizes the world better because then you can kind of design story elements for it and whatnot. Like I just, I think the world the ghost is it, for something, like but, but I mean, I, I just don't want us to have just, just another death match game, like kind of thing. Now, what'd you say, Jack? The ghost of Tsushima one's a cool model to follow. I thought legends oh, that, that has multiplayer. Yeah. yeah they added one a- and it's, it's like this whole involved co-op thing where it works off of like the base of the normal game, but it's like oh, a that. multiplayer yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, I, okay. I actually did play that with a friend where we did the whole thing, like got all the achievements and stuff, but that was actually fun. And like David said, it kind of built on the world and um, it was, it was clever. It felt like a good expansion of the game rather than just like, yeah, six V six death match. I don't think, because remember, like when they did all that kind of stuff for like Bioshock Two, and yeah, it's like Batman every Origins. every game would have a multiplayer. Or some kind. Whether it made any sense or not, they had it. Yeah, so exactly. I assume that God of War had a multiplayer. Yeah, like, death match. <laughs> <laughs> what a time! <laughs> yeah, I so think... I, I if they do something clever, I think they could make it work. But as I long just as don't it's want not forced like, multiplayer. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. Yeah, I think I think. Uh, CD Projekt Red, they're thoughtful about what they do, so I know they're not just throwing something out the wall and be like, yeah, we're going to add multiplayer because it's buddy. But um, I feel like it would have I feel like it would be like factions in The Last of Us, you know, like it's there and it was good, but it's not the main thing, you know, yeah. it's like it's there if you want it. Um, but I just wonder also it's it's not what people are there for. Like people don't play Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven at this point because we've established what Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is without multiplayer. So I think that's just what people are good with. Um, and so to add it, I feel like it would be like the Last of Us audience where there was a multiplayer. It was good, but it wasn't the main thing. So it mostly is left out of everything else because. That's not what people play The Last of Us for. Um, but I also don't hear people wishing that Cyberpunk 2077 had a multiplayer. So it is kind of uh, like, where is this coming from? It's one, okay. of those, one of those weird like clickbait things I've noticed is you can like search popular games and then like say multiplayer and there's like a billion YouTube videos of like, what if this game had multiplayer? And it's like, why does everyone want multiplayer? But I, I people want it. So <laughs> I actually think the original cyberpunk uh, 2077 plan was actually to have multiplayer uh, in an expansion. Like, oh, I think actually, you're right. Yeah. It was actually part of the original 2077 plan. Yeah. I, th- I think you were so right about that. Yeah. Then they canned it and I guess they might be looking at it as part of the sequel since they've got things, you know, figured out. So. Okay. So a I thoughtful just, this is totally is fine. 
it's totally random. Remember, like Final Fantasy fifteen had multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most random stuff. Would just have multiplayer. And I remember the conversation. Why does this have multiplayer? That's that. Well, at the time, a lot of a lot of developers were looking at like, well, how do we keep people playing our game? Not a multiplayer. Yeah, gotcha. okay. And Final All Fantasy right. 15 is like a game where they're like, we're going to try literally everything we have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I remember when I woke up in the morning to the announcement that Microsoft was buying Activision Blizzard. Like, I vividly, it was, where were you when this happened? Kind of 9/11. thing. 9 <laughs> <Yep. laughs> okay. well, This video is demonetized. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this morning, I woke up to Microsoft laying off 1,900 employees in the video game space. You know, this this is pretty bad. So, uh, Rami, e- I forget how to say his name. Rami Ismail? Ismail, I think. Ismail. The co-founder of Lambier. He calculated that in 25 days of 2024, we've reached half the number of layoffs from 2023 so i mean yeah this is this this is rough this is rough so how bad is it like the change in optics like last week we're talking developer direct we're excited xbox has done some good things looking forward to some new games and ironically it's a developer direct yeah and then this week yeah, I see it. Almost 2,000 of those developers are now gone. Yeah. Because these are just the game side. This is not Microsoft. This right. is this is this side. And it's, it's yeah, it's pretty all-encompassing. I was looking at some Yeah, do you know the different roles in, in terms of Activision? Uh, let me, I've got actually one specific number that I wanted to point out. Um, the, they also canceled the survival game odyssey from blizzard Blizzard, that was the new survival game that they had announced it sounded cool the the concept art looked cool they'd apparently been working on this i think for like six years um i've heard i read that tom henderson said it was because of engine troubles because they were using a different game engine uh was part of the reason that they did this but that genre is suddenly booming with a certain game we talked about at the start of this podcast. So, you know, you're getting rid of a possible money maker, even though you'd probably be investing a lot into it because Blizzard is notorious for being slow with putting yeah. stuff out. Yeah. Um, that entire team was fired, was let go, laid off. Uh, 40% of Toys for Bob is gone. Oh, wow. And 30% of Sledgehammer Games is gone. The Ooh. people who are literally working on the current... Yeah, both Warfare Toys for game. Bob and call it uh, Sledgehammer, yeah. Yep. And there are impacts on, from Infinity Ward uh, and Treyarch. It's, it's probably not as big. And that's because both of them are still working on whatever the next thing is for Call of Duty. But those people are gone. Uh, the rumor... Uh, let me see. Uh, Jez... Corbin uh, from Windows Central. Windows Central. He said, "Let me see. There was one specific thing. There's a couple specific things he made. Uh, multiple sources told him that Microsoft was laying off the entire internal customer support teams for Activision Blizzard. 
like literally the entire ones that they're going to outsource it. Uh, which mm. one of the things people said was Activision Blizzard. They were one of the few game publishers that had high quality internal customer support. Now they're all gone. Uh, and then the other thing, this kind of works with our conversation from earlier. Supposedly, um, they are getting rid of the entire physical retail teams. Mm. Uh, obviously, they could still outsource, but that would be kind of run with the whole idea of physical games uh, that supposedly that this is what it said. Microsoft's also shut down departments dedicated to bringing Xbox games to physical retail. So, so they can be adorably all digital. Yep. So <laughs> I forget that they use that stupid word <laughs> on that slide. <laughs> um, but this is obviously just a, like you said, it, it's kind of shell shocked. Like that's an easy way to put it because people were, messaging Jason Schreier to find out if he knew if that they were fired or not. Wow. That's how bad this was. Um, wow. Schreier was saying that there are people who were talking to him three months ago that were all excited about this merger that were suddenly panicked talking to him. Yeah, like, that's why, why would you be excited about the merger? That's is, this is what well, happens I'm, when that happens. <laughs> I know something yeah, that really frustrates that is the me is I'm seeing thing about the mergers is there will be layoffs. Well, and you know, there will. But what really frustrates me here is there's a lot of people who are throwing it under the guise of redundancy. And I'm sure that there is some redundancy because that just makes sense. It's a public two publishers that are merging. There's going to be some redundant positions, right? Nineteen. To be honest, I thought that. Yeah, I. Well, Activision is was yeah. Huge. Still, still uh, could Blizzard be some redundancy. Huge. Sure, but uh, you're talking about an entire canceled game project, and then multiple yeah. studios with huge layoffs. Uh, Overwatch two, uh, multiple. Uh, there's a bunch of developers actually that I was reading uh, with Overwatch two. Um. What was it? Who who was it? Uh, George Murillo Murillo. He said he was the. Let me pull up who he specifically was. Um, he was the senior designer for Overwatch Two. Wow. He was laid off, and he said just got laid off with basically my entire team. Wow. Yeah. So I was I was under the impression that most I would probably say most fifty one percent and up were redundancies because it, it made sense a huge publisher merging with another huge companies there's, pr there's probably going to be a lot of uh crossover uh it just happened to be yeah i i didn't think all 1900 but i thought oh, most yeah. um to know that it's probably less than you know not even most but a less than uh is that's disturbing. You know, I've I've been laid off before um, and, you know, it was because of budget cuts and, you know, I was out of work for eight months and fell into a depression and all that. You just don't know, like, when the next job will come. I'm a hireable person. You know, you, that dread of, like, is it going to be me? Is it going to? Oh, shoot. Like, my three other friends just got laid off. Frick. Ah. Uh, well, I'm not laid off today. Will I make it tomorrow? That, yeah, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. And then when you get it, like you're just, you're in a phase, you're in a daze. What's next? What am I going to do for my family? 
all that kind of stuff. It's awful. It makes me wonder. I mean, one of those things is like, if this is going to happen, whether it's the economy or a merger, like, does games really need to be like this big of business? Like, my goodness. Well, I mean, we didn't even get into the fact that Mikey Barra, the CEO of Blizzard, he's gone. Basically quit. Yeah. Uh, And he literally had said three months ago, according to Matt Booty, that they were going to have to drag him out. What do you mean by drag him out? I will get you the quote. Uh, He said, let me find it real fast. Like they want him to go and they're going to drag him out? (laughs) It was, no, this is, this is literally what, uh, trying to find what, so this is what was said uh, by Jason Trier. He said, Microsoft's Matt Booty said in a note that Ibarra chose to leave his position as president of Blizzard. But in November at BlizzCon, Ibarra told me he's talking. I'm assuming he's saying that he's talking to Jason Schreier. He said that he wanted to stay from the, for the long haul. Someone will drag me out of Blizzard. Ibarra oh, okay. told me that's how long I will be here. Oh, okay. So it, he was pretty much forced to leave. Uh, he he left, and then Alan Adham, the chief design officer and the company's founder of Blizzard, left. Like. That's just massive. Like we talk about strange days. Yeah. We keep talking about all these different things with management and all these other kind of things. And they're losing the managers, like the people who should be. And the only thing I will say that I heard from somebody is that maybe Ibarra and Spencer didn't get along very well. Certain people in that was part of why he left Xbox. I can imagine that. So, you know, I don't know the behind the scenes things, obviously, or whatnot, but just, man, this is, this is awful. Like the whole situation is awful. Yeah. It's the unfortunate part of video games being big business. Like I'm not naive to business, you know, like uh, as one who manages a business, you know, like I haven't had to lay anybody off or anything like that, but you know, business decisions need to be made. And sometimes, yes, it is based on profit. Sometimes it is based on, you know, factors that, you know, people who don't run businesses don't really like to talk about and accept. But with this kind of thing, yes, a merger and acquisition, there's always going to be layoffs. That's just how it goes, unfortunately. But at the same time, um, this is the consequence of going big business. You know, it's like, it's, it's the unfortunate part of something that's artful and entertainment. Same thing with movies, same thing with TV. This is what happens when you go big. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, and it's, it is kind of like get into this industry at your own risk kind of feeling, you know, which, which is unfortunate, you know, Um, it's not like, Maybe management can stay at a game development job for 30 years, but this is not one of those careers where it seems like you can stay at one company doing one thing for 25, 30, 40 plus years. It's never been that way really either, at least in the West. In Japanese companies, it's different, but in the West, it's always kind of been Mm -hmm. like you're on a team, you make a game. Sometimes you get to stick around for the next one. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. don't. And it's kind of been that way the whole time. But I mean, this obviously the layoffs are unfortunate and it's just 
I hate how they treat people. Like they don't even tell them that they're going to be laid off. And it's just, I hate that stuff. But no, that's, a, that's an awful feeling. You I literally have feeling. to sit by your inbox worried. Yeah. Like that's literally, yeah. No, I, I think though, unfortunately, I don't think this is the end of it. I mean, I think we're kind of at the precipice of the industry changing in pretty big ways. Um, you know, everyone's kind of tightening their belt anyway. And I think the part of the reason all these companies are so obsessed with the AI stuff is they're like, we, we're not going to have these people going forward, the same amount of people that we hired like during COVID and all that kind of stuff. So how can we try to like minimize the damage? And I, I think the AI is going to cause its own damage, but um, you know, it, it's, we're, we're going to be in some weird transition years where we're going to look at back on this and we're going to see like a weird, a weird crop of games, I think <laughs> uh, that come out oh, yeah. of these circumstances. Well, one of the things that was at least uh, kind of brought up was just the thought that, you know, Microsoft, they love contract workers. You're going to have a lot of contract workers on game on some of these games because, you know, that's going to be the way that they keep this Call of Duty train running. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, uh, somebody we were having a discussion in a chat and it was like, well, there's no way they keep Call, Call of Duty yearly. I'm like, you have to because that's what's bringing in the money because that's what's going to keep people employed in general. Uh, because that makes the most money for Activision Blizzard right now. So you have to keep that. Warzone hasn't surpassed it be, yet. Well, I mean, Warzone's a, I would just, Warzone account is a part of it. Like, okay, that's fair. Cause, yeah. cause there were layoffs at Raven as well, uh, mm -hmm. from some of their, their people. Uh, but it's, it becomes your higher contract workers. You keep them until it's time to renew and bring them on full and give them benefits and stuff. And then you let those people go and bring on the next crop. And before you know it, half of these games have no soul because there's not people on them that actually give a crap about them. They're more just, again, contract workers. And I'm not saying contract workers can't be a part of a team. No, but, but it's like, workers you, a great work. but when yeah. you're constantly it's having different. to reintegrate someone, mm -hmm. it you lose something. Well, and I think especially for these big projects too, when you're contracting out, I mean, it's usually for like really minor stuff, like textures or like building up certain things. It's like, I just yeah. can't imagine a lot of these people can are even doing work that they can be passionate about, right? In some circumstances. Yep. And that's, well, I wouldn't say all contract work is, is minor. No, right? and There's, I didn't say all contract work, but I think a lot of the oh, stuff yeah. when you're doing all like these very minute, minor tasks, it's like... You know, it, it, it's it's hard. It's work that's difficult to be. It it becomes almost a production it, factory kind of style. Right. Job. It's, it's do very your thing and get, get out. I think it depends on what it is and what you do. I mean, if if your thing is you know designing trees for environments, then you right. know, like wherever you're wherever you're designing those trees. You know, I know somebody who uh, I won't name the developer, but uh, they they just do like lighting for stadiums and you know like lighting for different video games and stuff and you know they still work at the same company but you know if if that's what they do then you know that's it's not a mi minuscule thing it's oh yeah uh it's no, just something it, you do it, it, it somewhere depends else on the thing right because there's like there's like 10 million my jobs like that where it's not necessarily cuz i guess the way i think about it like even 20 years ago the way game development worked, it was like, you know, 20, 30 people and people weren't just working on one thing. They, they were hopping yeah. around doing all kinds of different stuff. Like some, like there's actually some really great like podcasts of like the Ratchet and Clank developers, like at Insomniac, where they're talking about their whole process of how they made the games. And it's like, 
people were just in charge of entire levels, like yeah, all yeah, the yeah. graphics, all the oh, all the sure. level design, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so it used and to be a lot. See it in the game, like that's the yeah. thing is you see it in the game, the passion that's behind it. So like game development used to be like a very highly you know very technical, but also very highly involved creative mark that everyone could kind of leave on it. And I feel like it's different these days, and where you're like having a million different tasks where, yeah, maybe you're working on this one tree. Maybe you're working on like this one, you know, one other rock or whatever. It, it gets harder and harder. I think that for people to leave their personal touch in games. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's where you see studios like, for instance, obsidian, uh, insomniac, uh, honestly, a lot of the PlayStation studios, I'm not saying that they're the only ones or whatnot in saying it, but you have a lot of this internal studio, like competitions, like that you, the, Naughty Dog wants to one up Santa Monica. Like you, yeah. you have this camaraderie that's there, and these people are putting. There's a reason that the it's not necessarily the best culture, but the reason the crunch culture is in there in those is because they're always trying their hardest to one up each other. Not it's not always because they have to meet a deadline. It's because they're trying to one up the other guy. Well, they're trying because they're passionate I'm gonna about put in, their work. If yeah. you're going to put in 44 yeah, yeah. hours, I'm going to put in 45. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it just the it's just like you said, it's hard to look at right now, especially with all these different things. And you just worry because what what's hitting next? Is this just the I mean, again, we are already closing in on the number that we had last year and last year we had so many great games come out. So at least that kind of I don't want to say covered up the stench, but I'm sure you get what I mean in that of it. it, it at least we had great games. <laughs> Sure, yeah. So what happens when we get to the middle of this year where there's not nearly the barrage and Yeah. Well, and I always feel bad off. for these AAA developers too, where they're working on games for six to seven years and like some of them don't like the, the, the Blizzard one, it just got cancelled, where it's six years of development and now they've got nothing to show for it. That's six years yeah. of their lives gone. It's like so I think it is I think the fact that games, all those games did release last year is great because then people's work actually got out and people could appreciate it and like their work was able to be like enjoyed. Um, it'll, it'll become something else because this is a Blizzard thing because Titan was canceled and Overwatch came out of it. So we'll see what comes yeah. out of Odyssey. They'll probably reuse assets. Yeah. Well said, Jack. We hope uh, all, all 1,900 of these developers land on their feet in some way um all right we'll we'll do one more um jack brought it up earlier so i want to go full circle and not skip this topic ign (laughs) believes xbox's indie selects program is reminiscent of xbox live arcade i don't know if you've seen the screenshot of it i don't know i don't even know if it's out yet i haven't powered on my xbox for a little while because i'm working on something you'll get mad when you turn it on by the way i dig it i wanted to talk about that but (laughs) (laughs) uh that ad really didn't bother me that much to be honest but anyway um did you guys buy games from xbox live arcade dude oh yeah so oh man so i have a story actually with that um i didn't know about I'd gotten an Xbox, played Halo on it. Uh, it was the, the 360 was my first Xbox. Had fun with different stuff on it and whatnot. I was still a PlayStation kid. But there was one point where I was a lot heavier Xbox, and I discovered Xbox Live Arcade. I had to go and buy a 120-gig hard drive, 
and I was constantly buying like the the sixteen hundred point cards like all the time because I, I was buying I had, like, like the Sam- heavens cloud opening. Because I was oh. buying like the Sam- I was buying like <laughs> Sam and Max and and like I'm trying to remember some of the different games like Castle Crashers, uh, Shadow oh. Complex. Love yeah. Shadow Complex. Yeah, I-, I think I put Shadow Complex actually in my top platformers when we talked about it. You did, you did. Um, uh, like these games, and I'll be honest, I look at this and I'm like, guys, I appreciate you recognizing indies. This is not Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah, like, I, I saw was, what they were doing. It's like that's not no. This, <laughs> okay, it's a, it's a nice. Th- this is a nice thing. That's a. Yeah. This is a nice thing. But it's like Xbox Live Arcade was. These are new release. These are games that are releasing be- on Xbox Live Arcade. Like right, it is kind of an event. These games are only bought on your 360. Yeah. On and this is the release date for this. And this is until you are like straight up almost making the content. For this service, it's not arcade. Like they yeah, they yeah, made yeah. that exciting, man. It it was like that's true. It, it, it this is going to be a really silly comparison. I think it was like Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> like you got up, you were ready for yeah. it. Well, they did these like there the was that too. There so was that kind like, of excitement to it. Yeah, the summer of arcade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because that was when I was in high school. So it's like, oh wow, yeah, <laughs> this is like a real event. <laughs> But I yeah I saw, I went and looked at this I'm like wait where's the like f- fanfare behind it like that's that's what is missing it's it's more of a hey indies yay yeah yeah it it's like it's it's like you know when the guy does the EA Sports it's in the game that's yeah. what I expect out of Sega. that yeah yeah I expect that not not this <laughs> yeah I mean there's no Marvel versus Capcom two here so it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true indie games yes uh what really irked me though about xbox live arcade was the microsoft points like that was such a bad oh dude system. oh uh, my god! i gosh. remember like dude it, when you worked at gamestop like you're in your head like having to remember like what the different currency yeah, jumped around were points, i think it was like 15 dollars yeah. or something i don't even remember it, it, no no uh, it was it was 800 points every 10 it was 10 dollars every 10 dollars 800 points yep. trust me i remember because i had to do all the math for all the people who came into the store and needed to know how many xbox live points they needed and i didn't remember because it was so <laughs> ethereal it, it was, was just weird. ridiculous like yeah. it was pointless. very carefully planning out my purchases because <laughs> yep. you get like the 1600 points or whatever and i'm like the 20 okay, bucks yep. this this and then this dlc and that's that covers all the points <laughs> yep exactly it was just it was more uh, just an annoyance and it, it was part back in the day of the getting people into your ecosystem idea and that was essentially getting someone into your ecosystem i don't it, know what that did to which, get somebody into my e- I, I, ecosystem i'm not saying it was game. smart anthony no, i'm not I, saying it was a good idea i'm just saying somehow somebody Xbox. thought it was if i yeah, pay somebody thought the money if that it costs yeah. then i'm still in your ecosystem it, yeah yeah somebody thought oh points let's make it a thing that was Xbox under uh, Don Matrix, so I mean, well, they all kind of did that, right? Because we had its points. Well, PlayStation, PlayStation kind of does. Just, it. PlayStation was normal. Yeah, PlayStation was normal. Nintendo still kind of does it. Like your default is buy Nintendo points. You have to you have to choose the option, pay the actual price. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess I, I always pick that, so I kind of 
block that out. <laughs> yeah, no, at, at least, at least, an at least the Wii points though were the actual dollar. Like it was like each Wii point was a cent. Yeah, like, but it's we're not talking like it's still not as it's still not as unnecessary as literally changing the amount of currency. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like ten dollars <laughs> is eight hundred points. Like how does that even make sense? <laughs> No, yeah, uh, it's a it's a form of what free to play games do now with you know buying a currency and yeah, you know you gotta gems. overspend. Yeah, <laughs> uh, cod points yeah. are the same. It's uh, well, I guess cod points are still more in the again the Wii points thing of each one is a, a cent is essentially a dollar. So yeah, I think most free to play games follow that where everything yeah. is a cent, but it's still weird that you even have to do that yeah. in the first place. It's just maybe maybe but it's even weirder though when you're it feels like you're not spending money if you're spending gems like you know like hey this is 15 15 dollars maybe it feels better when you say this is 1500 gems maybe it just feels giftable or something i don't know but it's i i I think it's it's like the whole dollar 99 about it like money so it's kind of more fun i guess Yeah, yeah maybe yeah but in any, in any case, it's well, and it's then it's you also have the whole let's why don't you build up your balance so that you can go buy other things, too. That that was probably the other the other idea beyond just it showing dollars. Yeah. Uh, you felt like you had I, again. I have no idea. Like it just it is odd. If they brought back Xbox Live Arcade. That would be fantastic. And I like, did cool. it the way. You could you could series X and S it you know in terms of like visual aesthetics, but like yeah. if it had this, I agree with you, David. Like if it had the same like fanfare and coolness of like yo, we got the indie games. Yeah. Uh, that well, that would be fantastic. Though something though that's more weird though is like your choices here. Like the first graphic, indie games to wish list, like that are coming up. Lost records. It's the the don't nod game. The 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 one that's the um what is the name of that series? I can't even remember what it is now. Uh strange it's not Life, Life is, is strange. strange. Life is strange. Yeah. Okay, like yeah. that's just such a recognizable game that I don't think is actually an indie game because I'm pretty sure Don't Nod's all published by maybe even Focus Entertainment. So it's well, like X ex- uh I don't know who said it within Xbox, but they basically said like if it if it feels indie, like it can yeah. be added oh, to. The I list. hate that. Even, <laughs> even, yeah, because Life is Strange just feels is not the still, word they use, but you Life understand is Strange what I'm is double A. Like I would put that more double A than I, indie. Yeah, I agree. Like Death's Door is indie. Like, yeah. Well, and like the the arcade stuff, like wasn't necessarily indie. Like I said, Marvel vs. Capcom two was one of the summer games. I remember that. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I think it's just like the idea that you have a mix, though, because it was yeah, it was like stuff like Castle well, Crashers. I think it was also like, like do- dollar amounts too, like because yeah. obviously indie back then usually meant lesser price tag. It, it did, wasn't yeah. always. Yeah. It right. wasn't always that the like you said the 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 who's publishing, which is kind of why Dave the Diver ended up in the indie like it, it looks kind of indie, indie and and <laughs> yeah buzzed <laughs> it looked like it and it was under 20 bucks like it's it's exactly what i would look at as a summer of arcade game like, i agree yeah 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 so like that's more what i'm looking at like you said castle crasher shadow complex like yeah. these games those are indie games mm-hmm 
Yeah, even the even the one even the little XLA games that were coming out, you know, by the little yeah. smaller even really indie <laughs> developers, you know. Yeah. Those were fun too. All right. Well, that was fun. Yep. That'll do it for us tonight. A lot of topics left on the table, but <laughs> we got more to talk about next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, always. So, yeah. Uh thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um we, we, we're going to have some interesting discussion, uh, I believe, next week because I get we to will. talk about... Yes, I get to talk about a game that nice. I've been playing. <laughs> and just a, uh, just a heads up, I'll be able to talk about a game I've been playing and uh, that's that will delay our podcast release a little bit uh, of next week's. Yeah, not, you're right. Not, yep. not the one we're recording. Just a, just a heads up to everybody <laughs> listening. We'll, we'll be a little bit delayed just so that we can come in on an embargo. Yep. It'll be worth it, though, because there's two games next week. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming we all don't get laid off. Oh man. Layoffs are coming. Gaming trend layoffs. Yeah, after I brought up 911. (laughs) He said it again. He's going to get double laid off. Whenever I bring it up, you got to do the buzzer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Hopefully, we'll survive this. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Might be the last time. (laughs) Deuces.